0: This is Karen Martell, and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. You're listening to the Primal
1: Alternative Podcast. Inspiration for your evolution. Yay, Karen. I'm so glad you are back on the Primal Alternative Podcast.
0: Uh, third time, Helen. This is a record. I've been twice on a couple of shows, but (laughs) you got me three times.
1: (laughs) That's because you've got so much good (laughs) stuff to share. And I'm really, I'm looking forward and you've been so helpful to me as well. Um, But what I want to talk about today is weight loss and why it gets harder for us as we get older. So can we start there and tell us like, you know, we could just lose you know just do a a really quick week of you know caloric restriction and boom we'd be back in our genes and then suddenly we're over 40 (laughs) and it just ain't happening anymore
0: what's going on that's funny because the lady i just got off the phone with that's what she said to me she's like she's 45 and she said you know before when we were going to go on a holiday my husband and i i could literally go okay i've got a you know i've got two weeks i got to get into my bikini in two weeks. Let's do some caloric restriction exercise. And boom, I'd lose six pounds. She's like, now it's like I need six months, if not more, before I'm going to get myself into a bikini. And I'm like, yes, it gets so challenging for most women. Just so everybody knows that it's not, it's not common to not gain weight. I've seen the the women that never worried about their weight their entire life and then they hit their 40s and they suddenly put on 15 pounds 20 pounds and they're just going what just happened so majority of women i would say 85 to 90% of women will gain weight in their late 30s and going through their 40s uh and there's many reasons why mainly because in your 30s, your hormones start to change. And we aren't told this. Nobody's talking about it. They talk about it when you get into menopause, like when you're in your late 40s, early 50s, then it's like, oh, you're in menopause. Yeah, you're going to gain weight. Nobody's going, hey, you're 35 years old, and suddenly you can't lose weight very well anymore. That could be your hormones. Nobody's saying that. And that's when it starts to happen. And it starts to happen usually between 35 and 40, where what you were doing just suddenly isn't working anymore. Just like that lady said, where you do what you, you know, do the caloric restriction, you exercise, and nothing's happening. And so you go on to the next best diet, and you might lose a couple pounds, but yet that's it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then it stops. And it seems to get harder and harder and harder. And so what's, what begins to happen, the first thing that begins to happen in your 30s is your progesterone starts to drop. And your progesterone's a very important hormone. Um, both progesterone and estrogen is our main sex hormones that we need to reproduce and become pregnant, feed the child and all that stuff. And grow the children, staying children. <laughs> what did you call them before we started?
1: No, I, I can't say that.
0: that on air. I know you can't say it. So yeah. <laughs> Helen and I were just talking about kids, how much we love the kids. <laughs> we love
1: them so much. We love them better when they're at we school love them so much. because you've been in such <laughs> an extended it, yeah. no school situation. So I was just feeling for you as a sister.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you. And I'm sure many women listening have gone through the same thing where they've had their kids at home. But so when the progesterone starts to drop, progesterone is a hormone that is very important to your metabolism. And it's also very important to help level out your estrogen. So what starts to happen is the progesterone starts to take a dive, which means then you become what's called estrogen dominant. And I'm sure most of your listeners have heard that word, estrogen dominant. And most of them think it's that they ha- that means that they have an excess of estrogen, and that can be the case, but a lot of the time it's just simply that the progesterone in comparison to the estrogen is too low. We need them to be at certain ratios against each other because you need progesterone to counteract estrogen. Estrogen is a growth hormone. Progesterone helps to stop that growth. So for instance, estrogen builds up the uterine lining. Progesterone comes along in the second half of your cycle and sloughs it off. And then you get your period. Progesterone, the estrogen can, you know, we all think of breast cancer. Well, estrogen can feed into cancer cells and make them grow if they're there progesterone comes along and stops that growth. So you estrogen is this beautiful hormone we'll get to it and it gets demonized. What what's really happening though is that we're just so deficient in the progesterone. Now, you can have these very healthy levels of estrogen and no progesterone and you're estrogen dominant or you can have actual excess estrogen. And that means that it's too high for your body. And this is can be from your gut is usually mainly is what it's from um, is an unhealthy gut so you may have a gut infection that's stopping your body from getting rid of estrogen so you poop your estrogen out and estrogen you shouldn't be recirculated it should go through your liver sorry go through your gut through your liver out and get and get pooped out. But what we're seeing so much of because so many people have gut issues is that it gets recirculated. And so you're getting all this your estrogens producing at normal amounts but it's going in excess because it's getting produced and it's not getting pooped out instead it's getting recirculated, recirculated. On top of that, we have a ton of estrogen mimicking chemicals in our environment. Mm. And that can be from the plastic, everything. There's so much plastic. These are the xenoestrogens. It can be from the hormones that are put into conventional meat. It can be from all the perfume you're spraying on your body to, to smell nice. It can be from your laundry detergent that has perfume in it, the shampoo that has perfume in it, the body lotion that has perfume in it, the makeup that you're using, the hairspray and the hair products that you're using it's everywhere. And these are things that mimic estrogen in the body. And they actually, they're they're stronger than our own estrogen, which just simply means that when there's a xenoestrogen, a chemically made estrogen floating around in your body, and then the estrogen that your ovary made, your body Will actually grab onto the xeno estrogen before it grabs onto yours. And Whoa. we do not want that. I know. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's really scary. The receptor, I know it's very scary that it actually will, perf- it prefers the, ca- it's just stronger. It's, it's like the monster, the monster estrogen that's taking over. <laughs> you can't actually test this, which is interesting. Like I wish we could. So a lot of the time, a woman, on her hormone panel, it'll show up that she's got normal levels of estrogen, but she's got all the symptoms of estrogen dominance. So then it can tell us, okay, you may have, you may look like you're doing okay, but on your, on your hormone panel, but you're not, you're obviously getting too much xenoestrogens. And so there's so many things that in, come into play here. And so it, as we age and this accumulation of these estrogen mimickers in our environment start to build up in your body and you're having this drop in progesterone, that's when the weight loss resistance starts and we see it more and more and more.
1: So weight loss isn't, it's like a symptom of the scene yes. that you've just described. But weight loss isn't just the uh, sorry, weight gain. <laughs> I wish it was the other way around. But um weight gain <laughs> isn't just that's like one of the symptoms, right? Of the um estrogen dominance. And I'm really glad you've cleared up yeah. the difference of estrogen dominance versus estrogen excess because I thought they were one and the same. So that's really interesting to actually clear that up. Um, so as the as we age, the estrogen becomes more dominant. We may have an excess, the progesterone drops. Weight gain is a um, symptom of that situation, but what else might we experience um, that might give us an indication that that's what's happening in our bodies? Mm
0: -hmm. So one of the telltales and one of the biggest complaints that I hear is anxiety and depression. And that becomes progressively worse as women age, not for everybody, but like I said, it's the number, besides weight gain, I hear it's a second to that is anxiety and depression. Third to that is low sex drive. So when your progesterone starts to go down, progesterone is a calming hormone that we produce in the second half of our cycle. It reacts on what's called the GABA receptors of the brain. And I'm sure you guys have heard of the supplement GABA. It's often sold to help as a supplement to help with anxiety. So progesterone acts on the on the these GABA receptors of the brain which then calm you down. And you just think about how you feel in the second half of your cycle when when you were a fertile woman I guess or or before you hit your 30s. It's the time where you do feel a little bit Calmer. That's, you know, when you're PMSing, you don't, you're not as social, you're feeling that you get a little more tired, right? Like you just, you don't have as much energy in the second half of the cycle. And as this progesterone depletes, then we start to get so that we get anxiety because we don't have this calming hormone anymore to react on these GABA receptors in our brain. And what I hear from women when they start taking GABA are things like, I don't have any PMS anymore, or or much less. Like Women start to get two weeks of PMS rather than a couple days. And so progesterone can help get rid of premenstrual syndrome. It can help with period cramping. It can help with heavy menstrual cycles because remember that when when estrogen is unopposed, there's more growth, which means more uterine lining. That will equal heavier bleeding when it when it, when you get your period. So cl- blood clots, heavy menstrual say where you're going through tampon, you know, every hour. That is progesterone deficiency. You'll also hear women that develop fibroids, ovarian cysts, once they or fibrocystic breasts, like really tender breasts before their period weeks before their period that that was mine. I would get like, I would grow a bra size (laughs) after ovulation. So for two weeks, they would get progressively more and more sore where I could barely, I couldn't stand wearing a bra. Well, the progesterone counteracts all of those things. So, you know, that you need the progesterone. If you're at Having a lot of those symptoms, if suddenly you're having the heavy menstrual periods, you're having a lot of cramping, you're having sore breasts, you're getting really moody, you've got anxiety, you can't sleep that's a huge mm. one. Taking progesterone because it reacts on those GABA receptors helps women to fall asleep at nighttime. So, that's that is the so, this is what's happening. First, when it comes to the weight and all the other symptoms that you could start to see, libido can start dropping too. Libido is a funny one because what I've realized in my years of practice is all of the hormones affect libido. It's not, we, we tend to think that testosterone does, and it definitely does. Testosterone probably has the biggest impact, and women produce a lot of testosterone actually. And so when that starts to dip, usually you see it dipping farther into your 40s and that can have a big impact on sex drive. But I've seen women that have started to use progesterone cream and got their sex drive back. I've seen women start using estrogen and get their sex drive back, DATA and get their sex drive back. So it seems, you know, I think there's multiple hormones that impact our sex drive.
1: Yeah, I guess it must be just a very delicate balance of having everything, <laughs> you know, topped up and ready to go. Um, when it, when it yes. comes to, yeah. when it comes to libido. So I'm glad that you've, you've given us a bit more of an insight into it. Um, and even if you're, you know, listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, I actually don't want to lose weight, but you may have some of the other symptoms like the sleep uh, or the lack of sleep, uh, lack of sex drive, anxiety, depression, Saw boobs. I mean, that's exactly where I was at too, Karen, as you know, because I've worked with you mm-hmm. one-on-one. Um, you know, like in the second half of my cycle, I had to like slowly lower up from a lying position to a sitting position because they felt like they are just going to, you know, two lead weights were just going to drop on the floor. Yeah. They were enormous <laughs> and um, bloody uncomfortable, especially if you want to, you know, do some dancing or jump on the trampoline or something. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Absolute yeah. agony. So, You said this is just the beginning, which is um, slightly daunting. So what happens next? It is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's good to know that because I think, like like I said before, people aren't told, women aren't told that in their thirties that they could have hormone dysfunction. I mean, mine was happening at 33. I was gaining so much weight and I was working out, I was eating right. And I just kept packing it on. And that's exactly what was happening. It was my progesterone took a dive. And so I had Estrogen dominance in comparison, and I had cortisol issues and thyroid issues. So it's so important for women to know that if they're eating right, they're doing, they're doing it all right, and they're not losing, that the hormones is where they need to go next if they're in their 30s. So once you get into your 40s, now this is um, t- different, t- different timing for each woman. So for myself, for instance, at 42, I started to actually go into menopause. So, I started to lose my period. I started having hot flashes all day. and you know here's me thinking like I'm the hormone coach. This isn't going to happen to me <laughs> yeah. i like how stupid of me to even think this, but of course, it has to happen to me because then now I get to teach others how to get how to fix the problem <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I was like you know i've I've been a nutritionist for eight years now, seven years I've been in the health industry for twenty. Four years, so I've always eaten well, I've always exercised, I take care of my body, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I don't smoke i and I honestly do I don't have any hidden food addiction, and so I really thought like because I was supporting all these systems, that I was gonna sail through menopause or at least at least not have any symptoms until my late forties, early fifties, and then lo and behold, at forty two I went literally within. One year, because I test my hormones every year and have done this for years. If you saw my my panel, it was one I had really healthy levels of estrogen and progesterone one year later, I didn't have any Whoa. almost almost none. so just like that, I'm going into menopause, and so what starts to happen as we go through our forties is estrogen now starts to drop, and like I said, for people demonize estrogen, but estrogen. I think out of all the hormones, probably besides cortisol, which is a survival hormone, we would die without it. Estrogen is like, estrogen has over 400 different functions in your body. 400. It's not just about reproduction. But yet we're told that it's going to cause breast cancer and that it's the, the devil and it's this terrible thing and we don't want it. And it's like, oh my gosh, ladies, if you only knew- (laughs) how important estrogen is. I've been researching estrogen now for over two years, and I'm just in awe by it and what it does for us. So when it comes to the weight, estrogen actually helps you to become insulin sensitive. Mm. It helps lower your cholesterol or keep it in check. It helps keep leptin in check, which is your hunger hormone. Hormone all of those have to do with your weight we all know this and so without estrogen so think about let me just step back here for a second think about your how go back to how you feel throughout your monthly cycle you get your period first few days aren't very much fun you're bleeding you might be crampy but you get this you know we all get that release that emotional release like okay it's here i'm not i'm not a raging lunatic anymore or whatever <laughs> Like, oh, look at that. I'm so much better. (laughs) Yesterday I was yelling at my kids and today, look at me. (laughs) Rainbows, rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) So what happens is when you get your period, your progesterone and your estrogen are at the lowest point. And so you get your period as the week goes along, estrogen starts to rise, not progesterone, We don't get any progesterone or very, very little in the first two weeks of the cycle. The the first two weeks, we mostly get estrogen. Come day 12 is the highest point of estrogen. And that estrogen rise actually helps to build progesterone receptors. So without estrogen, we can't utilize progesterone. So you could be taking progesterone and you're not going to get a whole lot of it if you're not getting estrogen as well. So estrogen, as it's rising, think of how you feel day 10, day 12 of your cycle. Helen, is this not when you're thriving?
1: Yeah, I, I usually that's the time I feel most like having sexy time uh, with Same. my beloved husband. And I'm usually quite social and I'm very Conversational. I can find my words really quickly. That's a really, yeah. that's kind of a fun time of the cycle.
0: It's great. We have energy. It's when we feel like working out, doing more cardio, being more social, having more sex. I always tell my husband like, oh, it's that time. Come on, let's go. And he's like, oh, okay, great. When, you know, a week before that, I was like, don't lay that's your me. finger on me. <laughs> Do not touch me. Do not come oh, no. near me.
1: Poor husbands, eh? I had a poor husbands. I had a real heart to heart with my husband the other morning because he was like, I-, I just don't understand because yesterday <laughs> you really wanted to do it. And then now you just like don't touch me. Like and I'm, I'm just so confused and I I feel really rejected when <laughs> Because I don't like you don't know if you're coming or going, and I actually burst into tears and I was like, I don't know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know, one day I've got my period, and then I think right, that's it, and then it stops, and then there's no period, and then I wait a few more days and then period's back again. I don't know this bloody menopause. I'm just all over the place. So um, let's just have a moment for those poor guys (laughs) that have to ride this journey with us.
0: (laughs) My husband. Like we've been married now for, t- or been together for ten years, and he he still constantly says to me, "Thank you so much for explaining your cycle to me, so I understand what's going on." Because he's like, yeah. "I would be so lost." And I mm. told him right from the get go, like, "This is your opportunity to come get it. Is during this time, and I'll tell you, I'll let you know." The other half of the month, it just it needs to be even just different. It needs to there needs to be more romance, more. Connection. It's maybe not to get off. It's more to connect with him. (laughs) Cups of tea. Sure, let's have sex as long as I can drink tea at the same time. Watch Netflix. No. Watch Netflix, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But that is estrogen. Estrogen makes you feel great, it makes you insulin sensitive. So if you notice, that's actually the best time of the month to fast is this first half of your month. So if you're into intermittent fasting, it's beneficial and easier to do in that first half of the cycle. Second half of the cycle, you can still fast, but you really want to tune in though to your body at that time, because there's a reason why your body starts to crave carbohydrates. So it's If you can get to that point where you really take advantage of the first half of the month where it's easy to eat really clean and lower carb and do some intermittent fasting and maybe do a little caloric restriction to lose weight and then the second half of the cycle, you baby yourself a little bit more and you eat the dark chocolate and you maybe have a little more potato or sweet potato, some fruits because your body needs those carbs at that time. There's a reason why your body calls out for them. That's because serotonin drops and your body can make serotonin out of carbohydrates. So all of, these, all of this is for purpose. A lot of us are, aren't in tune enough to, to get that. So it can take some time. But just know that, you know, pay attention to that. Pay Even just trying to focus on different types of exercise during that first half of the cycle, that that is maybe when you do a little more hits, a little more cardio. And then, like I said, you can do low, lower carb, lower calorie during the first half of the cycle because estrogen is in your favor. Second half of the cycle, progesterone comes in and you're a little more mellow because it's a calming hormone and you do more things like yoga and then eat a little bit differently. And that's a really good way to do it. So as we go through the 40s at different times for different women, some women, it's not until their 50s, estrogen starts to take this dive, which then makes you more insulin resistant. And this is where a lot of the weight gain comes from that we see in menopause is the estrogen starts to go down, progesterone's already tanked. Cortisol, we become more sensitive to, so we come become more sensitive to stress as well. The adrenals that pump out cortisol start to take over making progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. So if you're a highly stressed out person, your body's going to make the cortisol over those other hormones because it's a survival hormone. It needs, cortisol needs progesterone to be made. So without progesterone, now you're just like, your cortisol is just floundering around and, and you're in this adrenal fatigue or too high cortisol. What happens? Weight gain. Mm. You start to store the fat around the belly. So we've got this estrogen going down, which causes you to be more insulin resistant. We've got progesterone going down, which is a metabolic hormone. It helps to raise body temperature, progesterone. So that goes down, which affects your cortisol, which affects your thyroid. (laughs) So all of these hormones, which work synergistically together, are now all depleted. And so, of course, your body puts weight on. Because of all of these things, this is the perfect little storm. Also because your body can make estrogen through fat. And so it's this natural mechanism that happens because your body's like, gosh, we need this estrogen for these 400 different functions. Mm-hmm. Let's put on a little bit of weight so that we can get some estrogen. It's all a clever body. Things, it's a clever. It's, it's, it's all for reason. You know, yeah. I always say that, you know, let's look at the primal. Let's look at this from a primal point of view as hunter gatherers, right? Once you couldn't have kids anymore, you were not an asset to the tribe, right? The whole purpose of life back then was survival, to procreate, to keep the human species alive. Once you can't have a baby and you're no longer of any use to the tribe, God, whomever, universe, starts to kill us off. (laughs) It's terrible. It's terrible. But as hormone depletion, starts to kill us, literally starts to kill us. It's the reason, one of the big reasons for heart disease, which is the number one killer in women is heart disease. Without estrogen, without testosterone, without progesterone, your heart begins to fail. Estrogen and progesterone are both extremely important for your brain. So one of the other killers is Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm. And a lot of new research is coming out showing the connection between menopause and developing Alzheimer's because of that depletion, mostly because of the estrogen depletion. You know, when you start to, and you probably, you were kind of mentioned this earlier, the forgetting of words, yeah, the, the the foggy brain. And so you'll hear women when they're trying to speak and they can't find their words and they're going... Oh, I can't remember why I just came into this room, and oh, I can't remember what his or her name. Like suddenly, you just you feel like you've got Alzheimer's. It's quite scary. That's the deficiency of estrogen. I had this fellow come on my podcast who is a leading expert in Alzheimer's disease, Dale, Dr. Dale Bredesen. He's fascinating. I love him, and he's created a cure for Alzheimer's, and it's this multi-step you know, protocol where you have to eat a low carb primal kind of keto-ish diet. You've got to take all these supplements, but basically you have to, you know, get rid of the toxins. You got to have, he's got all these different things that you need to do. Eat right, get rid of the toxins, um, get rid of any insulin resistance, and you have to optimize your hormones. You have to take estrogen. You got to take progesterone. Progesterone protects the myelin sheaths in your brain. Mm. They actually use high dose progesterone now to help people that have had severe concussion because it gets rid of the concussion, the inflammation in the brain, it gets rid of it. So all of these hormones, you can see like without them, our bodies are literally starting to die because we don't have all of these hormones. And it takes a long time, yes, but they actually have shown in study that Replacing your hormones, even for one year in menopause, will reduce all risk of death. I think it's by like 30%. Now, this is exciting because
1: you left us us before, I was thinking, oh my God, this is so freaking depressing. We are all, God is killing us off because we can't can't procreate. We can't procreate. And we're all thinking we're just heading into this beautiful autumnal, you know, queen of the harvest time of our life. And actually we're we're on our way out, which is freaking depressing. So I'm glad that we're picking things up slightly and looking at ways that we can (laughs) help to mitigate some of this. But when you're talking about hormones, right, I'm just thinking HRT, hormone replacement therapy, stuff that you can get from the doctor, but that's not what you're talking about, is it?
0: No, it's not. So HRT, which is synthetic hormone replacement, in most cases, they actually interchange quite a bit. So there's bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and there's hormone replacement therapy. Now that they're both being used in the same context, even the word progesterone is being used for both bioidentical, which bioidentical means the exact same as what your body makes. So molecular, on a molecular level, it's exactly the same. When regular hormone replacement is, is, it's not exactly the same. And it comes from, estrogen will come from a horse, horse's urine, pregnant horse's urine, which is called Premarin, and you just take it orally. And then the progesterone is progestin, and which is coming from a chemical. And it oftentimes gets called progesterone, and it is not progesterone. Once again, taken orally. And there was a very large study done, the Women's Health Initiative, back in 2002, where they were looking at, at before that time, the horse's urine, the Premarin, was one of the number one prescribed medications in America. They decided to run this study to see the benefits of taking hormone replacement, synthetic hormone replacement, I should say, horses, which is kind of natural, I guess, horse pee. (laughs) mixed with, they did a couple, there's a couple different arms of the study. One of them was just premarin alone. And one of them was using a combination of both this, uh, the horse premarin as well as the progestin. And then the other arm of the study, they didn't have, they didn't take anything. Well, a couple years in, they actually stopped the study because women started having breast cancer, uterine cancer, strokes. And there was Mm -hmm. like this big uproar, like, oh no, what have we done? And so without actually looking into the study, they stopped it because these women were getting sick. Word went out to all the doctors that said, do not put women on hormone replacement. It's killing them. It's terrible. Don't do it. And from that day forward, women have been petrified to yeah. take hormone replacement. That's exactly, yep. I, I not know where
1: it came from, but the word on the street is don't have HRT.
0: Yep. And what's interesting, when you actually look at the study, and there's, you can find tons and tons and tons of research on this, you can look it up for yourself, what the actual outcome of the study was. The Premarin arm of the study, which was the just taking oral horse estrogen, Those women had a reduction in breast cancer, a reduction. The women that took it with the with the progestin were the women that had the increase in stroke and uterine cancer and breast cancer. So it was the synthetic progesterone that caused the problems, not the estrogen. So oddly enough, even though I I don't recommend oral estrogen because you have a higher risk then of stroke. Because you don't want to take hormones orally. It's not the natural way your body would use hormone. And then it increases your risk of stroke with estrogen, not with progesterone, but with estrogen. But even so, women still got more benefit from taking the horse's Premarin than they did without taking anything. So now we have estrogen that's available to us that is bioidentical. Cream or vaginal suppositories, you can get pellets. You can get there's different ways that you can get it that's exactly the same as your own body, so your body recognizes it as your own, and you can use these very safely. They don't cause, and there's no increased risk of stroke when you take it through the skin with bioidentical progesterone, and everybody's happy. No. <laughs>
1: Wow. Well and I know you are not me die. No
0: gonna die. No <laughs> one's gonna die.
1: Well, yeah, good. Um, because that's good. Uh, that's Well no,
0: you'll just age better. Age
1: better, yeah, and that's what we want to do, right? We want. that's why we're eating this way. That's why we're into this way of life, um, and all of the different lifestyle things we do, because we want to age. Um, live long, drop dead, like Mark Sisson says. That's what we wanna do. We don't wanna fester <laughs> away. Um no. you know, take in, you know, poly pharmaceuticals and just being kept alive by popping pills and just being in all sorts of well, discomfort and brain fog. It's just not, it's not, it's not, well, you it's not look living. At,
0: no. And Helen, you look at the number one prescribed medications out there as we go into menopause, it's anti-anxiety, antidepressives, sleeping pills, statins, metformin, uh, insulin for diabetes. Like yeah. all of these things can be prevented obviously through diet too. So they'd say, I'm talking to the women that are eating well, you're exercising. Taking some bioidentical hormone therapy can help prevent all of those things so that you're giving your body what you need, not putting on, not going, okay, I'll need this prescription, this. Pre- and it's so funny how women will easily take the prescribed antidepressant and, and all this other medication over taking hormones when it's the hormones that caused it. I guess and that are the natural things that, to take. Yeah,
1: and I guess it just must be that fear that it's the hormones that are going to going to cause the problem. So you, you the bioidentical yeah. hormones are safe, and they're going to help us um, mitigate risk of you know heart disease, Alzheimer's dementia, and the other things we've talked yep.
0: about. So, do you think all women should take bioidentical hormones? No, I don't, because I think that if you have, if you've had estrogen driven breast cancer that you need to be careful now there are a lot of new studies coming out they actually used to use high dose estrogen to help kill breast cancer there is a leading oncologist right now in the United States a breast cancer onc- oncologist who is now using it to help breast cancer mm. and you think of you think you know when we're in our 20s when we're surging with high high amounts of estrogen we don't see breast cancer in women and in very rarely do we see it in 20s. We see it in women in menopause as they're going through as they're losing their estrogen. So there's a lot of unknown there. There's but because I worry like I wouldn't want to say to some woman who had estrogen driven breast cancer, oh yeah, no problem go on your estrogen. That's a very you have to decide that for yourself. You have to talk to your doctor about it. You have to talk to an educated doctor about it. That, is educated in the use of bioidentical hormones. So some women are willing to take the risk. I guess you should, can say if there is a risk, they're willing to take it because some women, their symptoms are so severe. I've talked to women that are, have lived literally, they, they don't know who they are anymore because they've lost their estrogen. They mm-hmm. feel like they're losing their mind. They, there's women that feel very suicidal they, their husbands divorce them, like really horrible, horrible things. And it's all because they've lost their estrogen. So there's a very, like at that point, you have to weigh the pros and cons of it. And like I said, you have to talk to your doctor. So no, I don't think it's for everybody. And some women, I've talked to women that never had a hot flash, that never gained a pound, that feel freaking fantastic. They age gracefully, they head on into menopause and woohoo, they're great. That's a very small percent of women. And we're just seeing it more and more and more. So, you know, naturally we're supposed to lose these hormones, yes. But I think you can do it in a way that with the least amount of side effects. And they say, actually, you kind of have a, the, the, what the research shows us is 10 years post menopause is your window, is your hormone window, where if you take hormones in that time, you have less risk of dying of all cause mortality. And you have less risk of developing Alzheimer's, heart disease, all of these horrible things. And you have um, you age, but your skin looks better, your vagina health is better, breast health, everything. And then after ten years, the research gets uh, muddy. So there's some people that still continue to do really well and not develop anything. And then there's some research that shows that it starts to, that can start, it doesn't give you those benefits anymore. So, you know, to each his own, kind of how you want to go through it. But, like I said, like most women, it's eight to ten years of perimenopausal symptoms, which can be very debilitating and can literally ruin your life.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's that time of the time of life when you've usually got. A couple of kids to raise, you've got a career that you're navigating, yep. you've got a home to run, a marriage to nurture, social commitments. Um, you know, it's it's not a time when you can just that's a long time, eight to ten years to be going yeah. through that. So even if it helps with the Very. symptoms during that period, like I'm all in. But um, I just wanted to go back to something that we were talking about about estrogen. We we covered some of the symptoms of excess estrogen, but what happens when your estrogen takes a complete dive? what What would might be some ways that we we know that that's happened
0: mm-hmm. so you could look at another hormone called f s h so we're talking about lab reports. If you look at the follicular stimulating hormone, it'll start to go up the less estrogen you have because your body's trying to stimulate your body to make the estrogen. So you ovulate. So it's a sign. So for some women, they could look like they have good levels of estrogen and then they test their follicular stimulating hormone and it's higher than eight, 10, you know, around there. If it's higher than that, then we know that your body's actually losing estrogen. So at that point, you know, there's lots that start to happen. Um, Of course, hot flashes are, you know, the most talked about, uh, night sweats. So it could just simply start with night sweats, you know, closer to your period, and then they start to become more frequent. I know that that's, that was a big one for me. I just started to wake up every night in a pool of sweat. Um, loss of sex drive, anxiety and depression. A big one is you. You're you get dry vagina. So there's different types of estrogen in our body. One of them is called estriol. It's a very weak form of estrogen. We produce a ton of it when we're pregnant, but it can really help with vagina lubrication. So when we start to lose the estradiol, which is the main estrogen hormone that has so much effect on us, it will also then deplete the estriol because... That it makes estradiol, makes estriol, and so your vagina can start to get really dry, and actually over time it'll start to atrophy. Some women, it closes up, which it just sounds terrible, what? but it does. I had a friend, a friend of mine. I know, <laughs> I had a friend of mine who said that to me. She's like, it's complete, like it's 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 closed, like you can't get in there oh my because God. it just it sh- it literally shrivels. And becomes extremely painful to have sex, where it's because it's so dry. They'll act; you can actually get little tears because the the thin. It's very it gets the skin in there. It gets really thin and really dry, so that when you have friction or sex, you actually can have, start to bleed. They get these little tears in your vagina wall. Uh, do we want to have sex when our vagina feels like that? No, no. this is terrible, terrible. So that is a big one for estrogen, really big one. Skin. like I, I, I don't use estrogen right now, but I use estrogen on my face because it has hmm. to do with collagen. And it can actually, in the research shows that even estriol, if you use estriol on your face, it's showed a 60% increase of co- like thickness in your skin, like collagen, got rid of fine lines and shrunk the pores. So it can be very useful as an anti-wrinkle cream, the estrogen. So really great for skin. So when you take estrogen, it can help with the fine lines, with skin sagging, breast sagging too is another one. Any sort of skin saggage, right? That's going to help with that. Um, Women that lose estrogen, a lot of the time they'll start to get reoccurring. um, Yeast infections Or this, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but there's something that looks like a yeast infection, but it caused burning and itching in the vagina and all that's needed. It's not, women always think it's candida. I had one woman who'd been treating a yeast infection for two years and it was simply that she needed an estrogen suppository and within a week it was done. And I mean, what she thought was the yeast infection was done. So she had to continue using, she still uses it to keep it at bay, um, so that you can get these reoccurring urinary tract infections. What seems like yeast infections and a yeast infection just from that deficiency of estrogen bones become more brittle heart disease. You become insulin resistant, uh, leptin resistant cholesterol can go up. I've seen this a lot. Uh, what else is there? Oh, it's a, the list goes on. <laughs> the list
1: goes on. Another cheery list of atrophying vaginas. <laughs> <That's true.
0: laughs> and yay. I can't wait
1: for my uh, 50s. It's just going to be brilliant. And meanwhile, Karen, meanwhile, all of us who've been, you know, raised in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, calories in, calories out, cardio for weight loss, we're all still doing that, right? Even though there's, there's this whole hormonal yep. shit storm going on over here, right? And, you know, it's so, <laughs> so complex. It's so much to understand. But over here, we're still, you know, yep. trying to restrict calories and we're cranking out those workouts. So, and that's not working, right? So let's talk about what we no. can do instead. Let's talk about what diet is best for hormonal happiness mm-hmm. so we can navigate this terrifying... <laughs> periods of our <laughs> lives
0: with oh gosh, um, I, such a doomsday.
1: I know. Oh my God. Everyone's just going to be pulling over by the side of the road and crying into their steering wheels.
0: Now. No, but here's the thing. Let me, can I give you some hope first? Let yes, me just please. Tell you. Please do. So there I was having horrific night sweats all night long. I was losing my period. I gained 10 pounds overnight. It was just like literally within months that all of these things came crashing down around me within a couple other couple more months they've all disappeared and i've had zero symptoms now for over two probably about two years now zero and ha- i don't you, have are, are the have hot flashes menopause? i have a regular period Did you still get your period okay no i got it back wow i brought it back because i have hormones so, <laughs> so yes it's it's all sounds sounds yeah, totally it sounds terrible but my the point is you do not have to feel this way. Doctors, unfortunately, majority of them are going to tell you just to suck it up. Here's your antidepressant. You got to get through this. Most of them aren't educated because in bioidentical hormone therapy because it's actually not taught in medical school or very briefly. So you, in order to learn about that, they actually have to get extra schooling for that. So most of them don't bother. So they'll tell you, oh, you can't do that. You can't take that. It'll cause breast cancer or whatever reasoning they have behind it. But you can go through this with little to no symptoms. And I think that that's what's really key here. And it's okay to put on some weight. I tell most women that, yeah, you're going to probably put more weight on than what you were in, in your 20s and 30s. And you, you won't be able to take it off. And you can you have to embrace that. And it's totally normal. You don't have to gain 20 pounds, but five pounds, maybe 10 pounds is quite reasonable. And it's your body's natural way of... You know, producing a little bit of extra estrogen for you, helping you know stave off all those unpleasant symptoms. Mm. So, and that's okay. It's society that's telling us that it's not okay. So, know that you need to embrace this. This is one of the coolest times in your life from here on forward because you, you you've had the children, you know, you've you've got the job, you've got you you're no longer striving to you know, get pregnant, get the job, get the husband in most cases, right? A lot of people they don't, they don't say there isn't single women in their forties and fifties, but this is when you're going to know yourself probably at better than any other time you've ever known yourself. This is when you're mm. actually going to start catering to you for the first time in your life, rather than taking all care of all these people around you, your body's going, okay, now it's my turn. Now you got to take care of me. And one of the best things women can do is just simply the self care stuff. I know we talk about this and we're all like, oh, yeah, self care. Okay, I'll go take my bath. You know, <laughs> I'll go meditate. Fine. <laughs> but just simply putting you before others for the first time in your life can be have dramatic changes on your body and in your mind and your spirit. And this is such a cool time to do that to be like, okay, what do I want? I've had the kids I'm taking you know, off. Yes, I still have them, but what do I want now? And what, do, where do I want to go in the next 50 years of my life or whatever? And so we know ourselves so much better and that's really cool. And you got to focus on that, support the hormones. As far as the diet goes, there's different, and we said that you have to find your weight loss code and that's going to What hormones does my body need right now? And then what does my body need to take on those hormones and and process, process them properly? So, if you've got estrogen dominance, real estrogen dominance, where it's off, you know, quite high, you've got symptoms maybe of too much, you know, the xenoestrogens then doing something like a lower carb intermittent fasting type diet could be really good because with high estrogen comes high inflammation and the weight gain. So taking some of that load off can help because you really want to fix the gut. And so going kind of lower carb, you know, keto, paleo, of course, those are always my favorites. And get rid of the inflammatory gut so that you make sure that you're pooping, you got lots of fiber in there because that's how estrogen is going to get out of the system. So those people I say, okay, yeah, go a little lower carb, maybe do a little more fasting, a little more keto. And then you've got this other group of women though that are low adrenals, right? So let's say low cortisol, low DHEA, they've got maybe under-functioning thyroid, they've got you know, whatever, okay, levels of estrogen, no progesterone. If you put that woman on that really low carb diet that I put the high estrogen woman on and started fasting them, they're going to feel like garbage really quick. And they're going to probably, they may lose some water retention in the beginning, but then they're going to start to gain weight or they're going to plateau. And they're actually going to be feeling that fire. They're going to be, if you go too low carb, your body does not convert. Very well, T4 to T3. And there's so much controversy about this in, our, in the health sphere. I did a great podcast episode where I broke down the science, the PubMed research that has been done on low calorie, low carb diets, and what it does to your thyroid function. And it does affect it. So if you're going to go low carb, you want to make sure you're doing carb ups. If you've got adrenal issues, and you've got thyroid issues, you don't want to start fasting. You don't want to go keto. You want to be paleo. And I always say these diets are best because they take out the inflammatory foods. They stabilize blood sugar. And this is what we, we, we need to stabilize blood sugar as we age, because now we're way more sensitive to it because we're losing the estrogen, we're losing the progesterone. So your gut needs to be healthy. So following that kind of a diet is going to be best. But as far as the macros go, it's going to look different for each person. What I do in my group that I have, I put all of my women on the same program, but I tell them that they need to alter it to match their hormonal needs at this time. But in general, that plan takes women in and out of calorie restriction. So we go, we dip down into a lower calorie. So, you know, anywhere from Seven hundred calories, a thousand calories, for maybe two to three days, and then, you know, with some fasting, intermittent fasting, and then I give them a higher calorie day let's say 1,700 calories, 1500, 1,800 um, carbs. I bring it up to anywhere from 75 to 100 grams on one to two days a week. And so I cycle the macros and I cycle the calories so that your body, A, it can't adjust to what you're doing because your body always adjusts. There's lots of science behind this, so I won't get too far into it. But it keeps the body, you get to be in a calorie restriction without lowering your metabolism. Because if you stayed in that lower calorie fasting, low-carb place, within as early as two weeks, your metabolism can start going down. And start your body starts to preserve the energy because it thinks that you're, you're starving that there's nothing so, around. So, so would some symptoms yeah.
1: of that and this is just for you know those that are doing yeah. the calorie restriction thing. So some of the symptoms of your body adjusting to that would that be you know home um hunger going up, energy going yep. down, mood yeah. flat absolutely flatlining, you just think, Ugh, what's the point? Can we ask? Yeah. Over it. That, and I'm starving, and it's just depressing. Yeah. that's that's the vibe. <laughs> Angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So there's th- those very common ones, which happens with um, prolonged calorie restriction, which you're gonna, you know, your body does drive hunger up mm. and your metabolism down, so your body stops losing weight. It's this natural thing, and then when you start eating, you actually will. You're because your your hunger signals are off. You overeat. And the body will hold on to the fat because it thinks, okay, we're out of the starvation. Let's hold on to all these calories that we're now being given. This is the whole yo-yo dieting. This is why calorie restriction doesn't work because your body says, screw you. You're, this is, we, don't, we don't like to get starved. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's primal. We're not meant, we're meant to, to put weight on. We're meant to carry children and procreate like i said before that's it that's all we're meant to that's it. do and then, you can so, then knock us off
1: but i like but st- you, yeah. i like the sound of you know your program with on track um because mm-hmm. the way that you've done it is very much it's very primal it's very like um a hunter gatherer background. it's what we would have done it's what we would have done there would have been periods yep. where there was lots of food and we would have feasted had a good fat time yep. and then there would have been periods of famine and so we've adapted yeah. as humans to work like that but these days there's just no end of food, um, you know. Even doesn't matter what season of the year it is, you can still buy bananas and other um, <laughs> yeah. seasonal, yeah. say, seasonal fruit that we wouldn't have normally eaten. So I like that. So tell us more about on track because I think that this information, especially for my listeners who I know are already, you know, they're already health enthusiasts, they're well on their mm-hmm. track to you know on a paleo, primal, keto, low carb. You can never just use one word anymore. You have to incorporate them all. Yeah, wish <laughs> we just come up with an umbrella word. You know, pizza, with I'm keto, carnival, um, yeah. all, whatever you are. Uh, all of those people, exactly. um, <laughs> ancestral, right, primal uh, way of eating. Yeah. Um, they're they're well on their way. They're they're well on their way for their personal development. You know, they've um, they've experienced this health transcendence. They've got the increased energy. They've got the clarity, the drive to actually feel like they can master their life. They're not just in this like soup of a health crisis anymore. Um, So I think that that all of this information is really good to know, but also freaking really overwhelming because you're like, what happens when it goes up or down? Was it down? And, and what have I got? You know, is it is it my thyroid or is it my cortisol, or my progesterone, or my estrogen? What did she say about putting, was it put it up my fanny or put it on my face? I don't know. So I like, I like that you have got this program on track and I want you to talk about on track. So people don't need to absorb all of this information and just try and navigate stumbling through in the dark on their own, do they? <laughs>
0: No, okay. So <laughs> I've put this all together into a membership program so that women can use it for as long as they need to use it for. So you can join anytime. It's very affordable. It's less than a dollar a day. And I take you through basically four phases. So you learn about how to find your weight loss code. So I take you through the, what, you know, a deep dive into the nutrition part. You know, I just kind of scratched the surface there of what I was just talking about, but why you need to calorie cycle. I get a lot of women from the primal space. I get tons of women from keto and carnivore who have done it long-term and have had adverse reactions from doing it long-term. So whether they've lost their period or they've stopped losing weight, now they're super sensitive to carbohydrates, they don't feel good, they're losing their hair, they're gaining weight, there's a whole slew of side effects. And so I get lots of these primal-based women that just simply need to tweak this a little bit, get off the train of you know this hyper-focus, like, okay, I'm going to go carnivore and this is what I'm going to do. It's like, no, that can work for a little while, but then you need to start incorporating some carbs or else you're going to become too carb-sensitive, carb-sensitive. So I take you through this first phase of the nutrition and then we get into the hormones to and help and help you try to identify which hormones are out of balance. And I recommend all of my members to go and get blood work done. If they can afford it, get saliva testing done, hormone testing done. The hormone kits can be sent anywhere in the world. Um, which is which is a bonus but you can also just go to here regular md and i tell you what blood work to get and you can upload it into your little dashboard that each each member gets and i'll actually review your lab work in the coaching sessions. So we do group coaching sessions biweekly so i help women, you know, with with their questions that they have and their lab work and we go through this. You get a new meal plan every week that has different days of fasting, different amounts of fasting. Different low carb days, some high carb days. Sometimes we'll just do a week of super low carb, then we'll do a week of higher carb. Like I just mix it up because the body adjusts. Because it's always going to adjust. So we do that, and then the other phases are mind body connection, and then deeper dive into um, other reasons why you can't lose weight. So that if you get to that point of phase four, and you're still not losing. I'll help you to identify what else could be a problem because there seems to be a set of issues that I see come up time and time again when a woman has really severe weight loss resistance. And so I bring, bring you through those things too. So, so yeah, we've got about 150 women in there right now. It's been open for four years. There's been, I think, about 2,000 or 3,000 women now that have gone through the program and uh, wow. great results. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And I love your um your quiz as well that you can take to mm-hmm. find out yes. why you you're not losing weight. And it can that's yeah. really consistent. it's a hormone quiz, yeah. Yeah. The hormone quiz. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well because that's, that's
0: And then really it good. comes with a two-week meal plan that would be the kind of meal plan that I was talking about with you today. So you get a kind of a sample two week meal plan. You get to find out which hormones could be the top, you know offenders when it comes to your weight and what to do about it, what you can start to do about it.
1: Yeah. Amazing. It's so good. And I, I know that um, you're on track program because, you know, you've been on the podcast before. Um, mm-hmm. You have, I've seen People I know go through the course and they love it, absolutely love it. So if you're, mm-hmm. you know, think if one of your because the, the time this show goes out, we, it's going to be early 2020. It's a fresh start, it's a new ledger. 2021, 2021, even. Yep, thanks, Karen. <laughs> still stuck in 2020, really pretending we're in 2021. Just totally yeah. blew the cover. But um, if if you want to stay on track, because that's really what it's all about, right? That's what we both love yeah. to do is to help people. That's it. People stay on track, and not just yep. your diet from this thing to the next thing, but actually find something that they can sustain. And yeah. like they're missing out on. Then definitely check it out. So, what's the best place to find you, Karen? Where where will we go on social media and your website?
0: So, karenmartel.com dot com. Um, you can find me Instagram and Facebook at karen martel nutrition, and of course lots and lots of great information on the podcast, which is called The Other Side of Weight Loss, which is both YouTube and any podcast platform that you choose. (laughs) And I talk about all of these, like everything that has to do with weight on that podcast. It's a brilliant,
1: brilliant podcast. Um, One of the episodes that I really enjoyed was called something along the lines of how to prepare the body for weight loss. And I was like, what? Prepare mm, the body yes. for weight loss and essentially um, just as a, a, a testimonial to you and how amazing you are, you know, I've been over the last year uh, just struck with an extra five random kilos that came in from nowhere um, and had some uh, sort of chronic digestive issues that I didn't really think were a problem and I was just kind of managing them with some bitters and, and herbal tonics and that kind of thing and, um, worked with you one-on-one, which is, it's something you do as well, is it? Or did you just do that? Yeah. Cause we're mates. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, I would, I like to say, cause it was just for you. Cause you're oh, special so to special. me, but I do, I do do one-on-one coaching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, and you know, some people prefer that. Like I know I'm, I, Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot more out of one-on-one than in a group. I get sometimes a little bit overwhelmed and lost. So I I was so lucky to have you one-on-one. It was like ridiculously affordable and, um, you know, you just get to the point and we get shit done really quickly. And so for the last six months ish, might not even be that long. I've been working on uh, a liver detox and um, I had like a a bit of a uh, complex situation, but low thyroid, um, digestive issues and liver was a little bit sluggish and literally within, oh, it wasn't even three months. It was about eight weeks. My chronic heartburn and bloating went, you put me on a low FODMAP, uh, diet for a period yeah. of time, which just cured everything. It was really weird. Yeah. But meanwhile, I was taking a lot of supplements to support menopause, to clear the liver, um, to support the thyroid and then have started on a, you know, more of a caloric, just being aware of what I was eating. I was like, Oh, I was actually probably eating a few too many calories, probably the wrong sorts of, um, foods and just beefed it up more with more sort of fibrous veggies and fruit. I mean, you sort of think fruit's the enemy and the weight is coming off. My God. And you started to lift weights too. Oh, yeah, the lifting weights thing, which, yes, which is very important. And, you know, I think it's funny how we go full circle because I always loved lifting weights. Um, But then you sort of think, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that now. Maybe I should just walk barefoot on the beach and um, do some functional exercises. But I think you need to find, like what you say you do in your program, find your thing that works for you that you can keep up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah. but wow, what a transformation. I'm and some hormone. You got a little progesterone cream. Oh, it's progesterone. Yes, yeah, so I was really yeah. sceptical. Yeah, thanks for that. Really yeah. sceptical because you know my mum said do not ever take HRT, and I know this is completely different, right? Absolutely opposite. <laughs> and I, yeah. meanwhile, was running all of the things you were saying to me. This, you know, random woman from Canada running it through my Australian functional medicine doctor, just to be sure. And (laughs) she said everything that you suggested sounded very sensible and she was very happy with it. And yeah, and so I remember taking the, getting the progesterone and you just get a little five cent piece uh, of it, you know, like a size of it. And and I rubbed it on my forearms and I literally just went, I was like, oh, that feels so true. Really nice. And I, I really look forward. I track my cycle and I really look forward. I'm like, yes, it's day 14. Get the progesterone
0: Yeah. yeah. Out. Same. I do the same. Yeah. I recently decided to test, I had to test my hormones. It was that time of year. And so I mm. thought, you know what, I'm going to stop taking my hormones and see, you know, without them, what, what it looks like. Oh, oh I died. Fun. All my night sweats came back. My Period was a week late. Like, I was like, okay, yeah. progesterone was definitely doing something. And I was, mm. and I was back to being angry and PMSY and emotional. Get me that progesterone. As soon as I took the mm. test, I started slathering it on. I was yeah. like, give it back.
1: Yeah. yeah and I'm going to keep up does. my, I'm going to keep testing my hormones because it, it's not, yeah. you know, it's like anything. You don't just go, do one meditation and you're a chilled Zen person for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's a work in progress and things change all the time. So um, for me, I'm going to keep testing. I'm going to keep checking in with you, Karen and with my functional medicine doctor and just try and navigate this as best as we can. Right. That's all we can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know that you just don't have to suffer. I just want women to know that. Yeah.
1: That's such a a lovely message to end on. And I think that, having that team or having somebody in your camp that you can confide in and, and let them know all of the symptoms and the, you know like they're deeply personal like atrophying vaginas and things like that. You know, like they're <laughs> deeply personal. But having somebody you can say this to and not yes. think, oh my God, what's happening to me and having that community of other women to ride the tide with into our crone years um is so important. Yeah. And I absolutely love you and what you do, Karen Martel, you bloody legend. <laughs>
0: I love you too, Helen. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. (laughs) Well, you are the
1: only person I've had on the show three times. That just goes to show how special I and how much I do think of you. But seriously, thank you for everything today. And I know you will have helped a heap of people. So thank you, Karen.
0: Uh, Well, thanks for having me.
1: If you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious, honest food, help more people, be part of a supportive community and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works.